After 23 years with Marriott developing and leading the global revenue management and pricing function, Dave Roberts has recently switched to sharing his expertise with the next generation of leaders as a professor at Cornell School of Business. Dave and I talk about the state of the industry, his projections about the next few months and the value of revenue management in times like these. As many in the industry, Dave believes that while inventory management is less valuable, pricing mistakes during a downturn can cost you dearly. And taking the emotions out of your forecast is critical. He advocates a happy balance between technology and revenue leaders to drive best outcomes. Enjoy this episode of the Unconstrained Conversations and don't forget to subscribe to wherever you love to listen to your podcasts. Thank you, everyone, for listening again to another, um, what is going to be a very exciting episode of the Unconstrained Conversations. And I am really, really excited to have back on Unconstrained Conversations, uh, Dave Roberts, with whom I had a conversation in, on a video about uh, just over a year ago, um, where we um, were, or two years ago, I can't even remember. Was it two years ago? It was two years ago, uh, where we uh, sat down at the Marriott offices and um, had a really, uh, really interesting and uh, energetic conversation about the future of revenue management. Um, Dave Roberts, uh, been with uh, Marriott for a long time. Retired from Marriott uh, uh, about uh, what a year and a half ago now, and uh, last, year. last year, and switched to academia, which uh, is uh, kind of a, a, a great uh, way to, um, I guess, uh, spread your knowledge and expertise to uh, the next generation of leadership around the world. So, uh, welcome, Dave. Yeah, thank you, Klaus. Great to be here again. Yeah, and you're joining me from Ithaca, where you've just moved to to uh, take up a, uh, I guess, a new job. Yeah, I'm starting at Cornell. My first my first class at Cornell is a week from tomorrow, and I'm super excited. A little bit anxious. It's all online, but super excited to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. sure that that's uh, super exciting for you because you actually went to Cornell, and now you're back at Cornell. So that's amazing. Yeah, it's full circle. It's a dream <laughs> come true for me. I'm very fortunate. Congratulations. I don't think there's any better way than teaching hospitality and, and hotel business than Cornell around the world. So I'm, I'm, I always love going to Cornell and, and just uh, soaking up the energy of the campus. Yeah, well, you have a standing invite anytime. Thank you. I'll take you up on that when, uh, uh, when the time is right. Absolutely. Come on Zoom and then come back in person. Yep, I will do that. I'd love to see you. Yeah. So, uh, Dave, you've been a little bit removed now. You're, you're, you're a little bit removed now from being in the day-to-day hospitality environment um, uh, with a little bit of distance. Um, kind of what are you, what are you thinking about the current state of the, of the industry? Um, and um, what are your feelings right now of where we are at this, what, middle of, mid, end of August? Yeah, it's weird. Uh... For me, I spent 23 years at Marriott and, you know, worked, worked long hours. Uh, and then I was very fortunate. I, I taught at Virginia Tech for the last year, and now I'm starting up at Cornell. Um, with the benefit of a little bit of removal from the industry, I've had more time to read and get different perspectives on how things are going. Um, I there's a, there's a continuum of of people's outlooks on the industry, and I would put myself maybe not at the most optimistic, but on that continuum, far towards the optimistic end of that spectrum in the in the longer term. And, and to me, longer term means kind of beyond the two-year point. Um, I'm, 
I'm not pessimistic. I'm realistic for the next 12 months. Um, but I'm very optimistic that travel is going to come back. Uh, and, and even even in the in the segments that will be a little bit slower to come back, like the large meetings and events, I think those are going to come back in a big way also with, with a little bit of a time lag. So I'm, I'm very optimistic. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned kind of your medium-term, medium-long-term outlook is, is optimistic. What are you seeing more in the short term now? Well, it's it's interesting. There's there's also a continuum of of customers, and I think there are some customers that are say, you know what, I'm not traveling. I'm not mm -hmm. leaving my house. I'm, I'll I'll go grocery shopping into the pharmacy, and that's it. Uh, that's on one end. On the other end, there seem to be, and and <laughs> these are the ones that show up in the news, seem to be people that may not know that there is a COVID pandemic out there and they're just living their life and living their best life. Um, I won't, I won't pass any judgment on that. And then there seems to be uh, kind of a large group in the middle that I want to travel. I want to go places. I want to conduct business. I want to go on vacation. I want to go visit my friends. I want, I want to travel, but I'm a little bit nervous. Hmm. And I think that's kind of the the target audience that the industry needs to focus on and give people a reason to travel and give people confidence that, you know what, it's okay to travel, it's safe to travel, and it's actually enjoyable to travel. Yeah. Um, that 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 is kind of the crux of my optimism is that group of travelers that will feel comfortable and they're going to go. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems to me that kind of this summer has been the summer of national parks and uh, nature and yeah. mountains and, and lakes and beaches. Uh, literally everyone I've talked to, um, all my friends, my neighbors, everyone has been to some, some national park or some nature, nature vacation over the last couple of months. It'll be interesting to see, um, how that continues over the next few months going into the fall and then into the winter. Yeah, I think, uh, well, a lot, of, a lot of drive markets. So, yeah. you know, it, within the U.S., the densely packed uh, coasts are going to see a lot of travel, a lot of destination travel, and e even some business travel. Um, I think international, meaning between country travel, is going to be severely limited mm -hmm. for quite a while, mm -hmm. uh, which is interesting. I, I think the U.S. is not going to be hurt as bad by that because most most hotel business in the U.S. is sourced from the U.S. I think that, you know, across the industry, it's probably in the upper 90 percentile, like 97, 98 percent of all hotel room nights in the U.S. are from the U.S. And that's not true for many other countries. Yeah. Um, and I think those so we are probably positioned to uh, weather this one a little bit better just based on geography. Yeah. And, and large countries have an advantage. China has the same advantage. You know, that, that figure for China is probably, uh, I'll estimate it at, you know, 75 or 80 percent uh, domestic travel. So I think I think those hotels are going to come back first. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to a friend in China last week um, and she was telling me that it feels all back to normal in China. Mostly a lot of the hotels and resort destinations being 70, 80, 90 percent full um, or sold out. And um Obviously, the bigger cities, uh, main cities, are still suffering because of the lack of corporate travel. But um, overall, she, she was very, very confident that that it's going to get back to normal for them at least um, very quickly. So, um, so, so you've been in revenue management all your life, uh, Dave. What what do you think about the status of revenue management and, and distribution and, and pricing right now? Well, there's a lot a lot going on in that space. Um, I feel like, well, demand is so soft uh, 
um, the, the challenge for people in revenue management is convincing stakeholders that that discipline is still useful, even at 30% occupancy. And I've done actually a, a fair amount of research on this exact topic on the, the value of the discipline of revenue management in a downturn. And th this is not exactly a, a downturn, like a normal downturn, mm. uh, this is a, a massive disruption in travel, the likes of which we've never seen before. Um, but at some point, the the virus will be, I'll say, under control. I don't know when it'll be behind us, but it'll be under control and people will travel. And then we're dealing with an economic downturn and therefore diminished demand for travel. Um, but based on everything I've studied uh, over the last several downturns, the, the value of revenue management is still there in a downturn. And what what's somewhat unfortunately somewhat typical of stakeholders to, is to say why do i need revenue management in the downturn there's no revenue to manage and i have a, a couple of thoughts on that one is uh if you think of revenue management very broadly as pricing and inventory and inventory management is less important in a downturn but it's not unimportant um well i've looked at some industry data from 2009, and if you look at the number of sellout nights in in 2009, in the depths of the downturn, the number of sellout nights is approximately half of the number of sellout nights in a steady state recovery. So it's not zero, it's about half. Now that was 2009, and we're well below that now, but we will be back there, even when you're running an average occupancy that's you know 20 points below steady state, you're still going to have sellout nights and you still have the value of inventory management. Um, so that's on the inventory side. So I, in a downturn, I'd say, you know, historically, inventory management is not unimportant. It's about half as important as a steady state recovery. The pricing side, on the other hand, I believe is more important in a downturn than it is in a recovery or in, in peak times. And the reason for that is mistakes in pricing are more costly. And I've done a bunch of simulation work on this exact topic and the, the results bear out what, what I believe to be true, which is that if you make a pricing mistake and you have strong demand, you won't fully recover from it, but you can mostly recover from it. In a downturn, if you make a pricing mistake on the high side or low side, like meaning you're overpriced or underpriced, in a downturn, you don't recover from that. And so my view is that revenue management in a downturn, uh, the inventory part is half as valuable and the pricing part is a bit more valuable than in, in strong times. Yeah, and I'm I a little bit I've been in the discipline for, for 23 <laughs> years. So I'm, I'm heavily biased and I admit that. Yeah, um, but we're trying to both be a kind of an, take an objective view on it, right? And I, I'm, and I, you know, I agree with you. On both points, I also feel that, especially in this in this environment, let's not call it a downturn, but in this environment, your your demand um, shifts quicker than typically, right? Um, a government opens right. up or restrictions or loosens restrictions, or a government tightens restrictions, and demand immediately shifts, right? Overnight, um, we see these very extreme short-term pickup windows where hotels go from 10% to 70% or 80% within 72 hours, right? As, as people make 
make decisions literally the night before they leave on a on a trip. Um, and you have these wild swings in demand and wild swings in occupancy. And, and, and um, how would you, for me, the question is, how would you be able to manage that um, if you don't have technology that help you with that? Because you can't be in front of the computer 24-7, right? And you can't be reacting as quickly as a system could to those micro swings or macro swings that you will have if, if you're a hotel right now, right? Yeah, I think the value of a system is higher now uh, than ever before mm. because you make you make your pricing and inventory decisions based on a forecast. And now more than ever, you need to take the emotion out of the forecast. And your your point about booking windows is absolutely true. And most people are not making travel plans more than you know a week out now. Mm. Because because you don't know uh, where your, your destination, you don't know about COVID outbreak, you don't know about travel restrictions, you don't know about any quarantine restrictions, uh, and you you may not even know about what will be available to you when you arrive, and so you don't make plans farther in advance, and and in that context, hotels still need to make decisions on pricing and inventory, and you need to make those decisions based on a forecast. And uh, an experienced revenue manager may have judgments on how that pickup will materialize, but that's based on history. Mm -hmm. And I think there's I think there's a a happy balance of a system that takes the emotion out and also a user that knows when to override that system in points of inflection where the system can't do what it's supposed to do. You're absolutely um, right. Yeah, a, a happy balance there. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, kind of one thing, uh, definitely one thing that we've seen over the last few months uh, with our properties that we support is is the, the the it's never been more important to have man and machine work together um, because especially in situations like this, there's there's just things that the systems it's impossible for a system to know, right? Um, the system cannot know when the government opens or loses restrictions or. Or what happens in in the world of um, epidemiology or 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 a pandemic, right? Yeah. So um, the, the there is a need for the person to interact with the system and make sure that the system understands what's going on. There's also a need now to make sure that the system understands what happened over the last eight weeks or twelve weeks or sixteen weeks. It's not going to happen next year again. Um, so you kind of need to exclude what's happened and and take that data and say, well, you don't really look at that data when you make your forecast decisions going forward. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I, I think uh, there's the balance of man and machine, and there's the balance of, uh, I'll say, statisticians, mathematicians doing the modeling, and an experienced user that knows not, not just to override the model outputs, but to override the model itself and, mm-hmm. and reset to say what, you know, all, all of these revenue management models are built on a forecast and they're all time series forecast where you take the past and you project it forward with a couple of tweaks on, I'm oversimplifying a little bit, but you know, a couple of tweaks on, on seasonality and patterns and uh, booking windows. And it takes an experienced user to work with the modelers to say, this is the history that should be used in a time series forecast to project forward. In addition to the experienced user saying, I know when to override the model outputs, but also working with the modelers to say, 
we're going to redo these models. Um, there's a lot of, uh, I think, a lot of opportunity for modeling going forward, mm. both the forecast part, but also the, the price response part, because we haven't had uh, a demand environment like this. And so price response models in the past, they're probably relevant, but they may not be very good. Uh, and so I think there's an opportunity to revisit some of that. At the same time, there's also, I mean, obviously a growth of alternative lodging and changes in uh, in cancellation policies for hotels, changes in uh, additional fees. All of those things are going to change a consumer's price response. And very few of those things are actually modeled currently. So I think there's a lot of there's a lot to keep these modelers busy in the next <laughs> year or two. Sounds like a sounds like a great opportunity if you want to be in data science and modeling. That's absolutely true. Fascinating. <laughs> if I if I, uh, if I wasn't so in love with teaching, I'd go back and do that. <laughs> uh, it, it would be really cool to work on that. Yeah, um, Dave. I mean, two questions that I have, kind of as we're wrapping this up, is is one. You know, you you've looked after thousands of hotels for many years. In this environment, what would you tell your hotels? Uh, you know, in your old job. So that's the first question. Uh, what would you what would you have a ready management person at the hotel focus on? Um, what would we, what would you tell them? And then the second question is, what would you tell someone with your new love that it's just that graduated from Cornell or some other school and 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 uh, is fascinated about revenue management, but uh, with the current situation, you know, not sure about revenue management or, or the hotel industry and, and the future of the industry. So um, what would you tell the existing kind of revenue management estate and, and, and stakeholders? And what would you tell the ones that are interested in going into that discipline with, with the economic, you know, situation we have right now? Well, those are great questions, um, <laughs> and I haven't given you anything any any time to think about it. So no, that's all right. Just... <laughs> uh, uh, the first thing I would say to a, a revenue manager who's who's in the practice of revenue management right now is get your forecast right. Mm. That's I, I think the most important thing you can do, and I would say a close second is communicate that to your stakeholders, and. Be very careful how you communicate it. I mean, exactly fact-based. If you want to use pictures, use pictures and graphs and communicate exactly what you're showing in your forecast. And you're not you're not saying, here's how I think that the COVID pandemic will play out, because that's not that's not our role. You're saying based on everything we know about the pandemic and about travel trends and about travel restrictions across boundaries and all of that. Here is my demand forecast for this hotel, and I'm going to share that demand forecast with you. And let's talk about that. And then let's 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 agree on that. And then based on that forecast, I'm going to make pricing and inventory decisions. I will also make uh, distribution channel decisions. I will also make sales deployment decisions, and I'll probably make digital marketing decisions. I'll make all sorts of decisions based on that forecast. Um, but it's all built on the foundation of getting that forecast right. So I would say that's the most important thing for a revenue manager to focus on. And what I hear, what I hear is also including many other people than just the revenue management community, right? This this really is a is a team approach, team forecasting approach, because you talk about Absolutely. commercial and marketing and sales and other many other stakeholders. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think of it in terms of you know like the executive committee at a hotel. 
Um, and one of, one of the things that I will teach my students when we cover this topic in class is revenue management is not just done by revenue managers. It's done by everybody. And it, it needs to have the buy-in of everybody. And if, if a general manager doesn't believe in a revenue manager, in the decisions that they're making and the recommendations they're making, then it means they don't really believe in their projection of the future. They don't believe in the forecast. Well, get alignment on that first before you start debating the decisions around it and then have the revenue manager involved in all of those decisions. I mean, should we step up our paid search advertising? Should we step up, um, you know, commission overrides or anything related to distribution? Should we redeploy some of our sales folks on different accounts or even different types of accounts? Those are all things uh, that are they're Revenue management touches them, but they're not mm-hmm. revenue management decisions. They're mm-hmm. they're commercial decisions. Exactly, it's like stepping up, step up revenue management to become more commercial leaders or, or get involved Absolutely. in other areas. Right, Absolutely. this is the time. This is it. This is the time for revenue mm-hmm. management to step up. Um, you know, we're not order takers. Mm-hmm. We help drive strategy. We're a part of the strategy team, uh, and I think we should view our, view ourselves in that way. Uh, for students coming into the discipline. Well, for students coming into hospitality, uh, if you're graduating now, I would say the next 12 months will be a little tough. Um, I'm super optimistic about the travel business. And so I would tell anyone who's graduating and going into hospitality, congratulations, you've made a wise choice. I mean, this is, this is uh, I'll sound a little philosophical, but humans are social creatures and we're meant to be around other humans. We're meant to have experiences. And there's a ton of psychological research, some of which I'm incorporating into my course, that says that experiences are more valuable than things. And it's so true, it's almost become a cliche. Um, There's another Cornell professor who I've I've read a bunch of his work uh, who says that things, they'll make you happy for a little bit, but they are external to us. There's like the person and then there's a thing. Whereas experiences are part of us, they're internalized. There's no us and then separately the experience, it actually becomes part of us. And with that context, people are gonna travel. We're meant to be out and about with other people. And given that, I don't see any scenario in the future where there's not an enormous boom in travel, you know, as soon as it's safe to go. And a couple things I think about why that why that's going to play out that way and the, the reasons for my optimism are uh, I think of concerts why would any human go to a concert I've been to a couple of concerts recently not in the past six months um, but why you can probably get better sound quality listening at home and yet you don't um, I got to go to an Eric Clapton concert about a year and a half ago or so two years ago at Madison Square Garden and I can't even believe what a great experience that was. And it's not about the music itself. It was just about the music. I would play it on my phone. Mm. And it's not. It's about being around other people. It's about the experience. The same thing is, if you know, if you have a guest speaker or, or even, you know, a, a lecture series. I want to go see people in person or a sales event uh, or, or incentive trips for business. All of those things they're highly desirable because that's kind of how we're wired as humans. 
So that's that's what drives my optimism. So I would tell I would tell students graduating, you know what, you've joined a fantastic business, fantastic and exciting industry, and there's so much to do. Uh, you'll never get bored. And congratulations, that's what I would say. Hmm. I think that that's really a, a very positive note, and I, I do agree with you. You know, if you look at the long-term trends, they're all positive, right? Even though we, we're facing a, a um, it doesn't look like it currently. Um, I'm sure five years down the road, we'll, we'll look back and say, yes, it was a, a, a kind of a, a significant bump in the road or a mountain that we had to overcome. But um, looking back, uh, uh, you know, at, into 2025, um, um, I think we'll, we'll be we'll be back on track um, behind where we were supposed to be, but back on track to um, to experience that growth of yours. By there's always something I learn uh, when I talk to you, Dave. Um, and, and this time I learned about the experiences being internal and things are being external, which is fantastic. Um, there's always something that I take away and then reutilize uh, myself. So I really yeah. appreciate every time we talk, and I really appreciate your time. Um, thank you so much for um, coming on the podcast, and I'm. Um, we do have to have another video interview in person next time when it's uh, feasible, and we'll do our 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 push-ups uh, together, I like, it. like we used to do uh, about a year and a half ago, so or two years ago. Oh, so really appreciate it, and I'm, I'm looking forward Thank to you seeing for you back, in Ithaca. Yeah, appreciate it. And hello Definitely. to all your listeners, and back on soon if you invite me back. I will. Thanks, Dave. All right. Thank you, Klaus. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you found this episode valuable for your own business circumstances. Check out the show notes linked to the episode. Help more people in the industry find this podcast by sharing and rating. And don't forget to subscribe to the series wherever you listen to it.